Starman comic and the Mark Shaw Manhunter comic from the late 80s, early 90s. We'll talk about every appearance of these two great characters. If you've never read them or haven't read them in a while, this may be a good time to explore these issues. Now, let's get started with our first comic. Welcome back, Star Hunters. This is the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, episode 29. As usual, I am your host, Aaron Brotherhead Moss. And once again, I return to you with an episode of, or an issue of Starman. Again, as I said, we're done with Manhunter for now. I'm still debating what to do with the, the next Manhunter series, if I'm going to handle it or ignore it. Uh, I still haven't decided yet. Still haven't decided that. So for the time being, we're just going to continue on with Starman. This month, I bring you Starman number 24. So let's get started. The cover date was July of 1990. The on-sale date was May the 29th, 1990. The cover price was $1. $1 for a comic book. I remember those days fondly. I was buying almost every DC Marvel comic out there. I was paying a lot of money. Now I would spend just as much and get like a quarter of the output. Hmm. Anyways, the title of this was called Shattered Lives, written, as usual, by our pal, Roger Stern. Penciled by Tom Lyle, inker with Scott Hanna, letterer, Robert Impiana, colorist, Carl Gafford, and editor was Brian Michael Augustin. The cover was done by the magnificent Tom Lyle. And the synopsis, after a nightmare-filled night, Will decides to investigate more into his father's life. In San Francisco, as he attempts to learn about his dad, he finds out about the driver that hit his dad. It appears the guy's brakes failed, causing the accident. Will finds the driver, Steve Duke Bauman, saves him from killing himself, and talks him into returning to his family, explaining his own history with his dad. Meanwhile, at home, his mom finds his suit in the wash, which Janie hangs in the closet. Elsewhere, Deadline confronts Kitty Faulkner, as she is one of the people that knows Starman. And our story ends with Will Payton returning home and redoning, 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 redoning his Starman costume. Now let's go ahead and cover the issue itself. Uh, again, as usual, we'll start with the cover. Uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, I love this cover. Tom Lyle did a fantastic job. So the cover itself, uh, down the bottom corner, we get a face shot, a head shot of Will Payton frowning. 
Well, I guess, yeah, is that Will Payton or is that Starman? I guess that's Will Payton, yeah. Will Payton frowning. Above him, we see Starman and Bill Beard, uh, Will's Payton identity for the last few issues, running each other, get ready to fight. Starman's got his hand lit up. Bill Beard's got his, uh, his hand lit up, and they're getting ready to punch each other. This is a great cover. I think Tom Lyle did a fantastic job. I say that every episode. Tom Lyle did a fantastic job on this entire series. But this cover was just... I gotta say, I would give this cover a five. Um, on some other shows, and like the Long Box Crusade shows, they're always reading covers. I would say this is a five. This is a cover I would love to have as a poster. And have this hanging on my wall out in Manland. Uh, if you listen to this, Tom... Can you, do you have this? Can you send me this as a poster? I'd love to have this. This is a great cover. I love this. The background, there's no background in this. Uh, the top part where we have Starman and Billbeard fighting, it's black. And then it gets some gradient down to like a blue at the bottom. And uh, just the look on Will's face here at the bottom of the page is just a magnificent image of Will. Because again, he blames himself for people that's died, the, the uh, drunken husband that tried to shoot Will that backfired on himself. And every other bad thing that, that's happened while he's been Starman, Will blames himself just because Will is that type of hero. And me personally, I, I can see that on his face here. I think it's... Tom did a great job on this. This is a magnificent cover. It's, I, I don't have the words to describe how great this is. Again, I kind of neglected that, but at the top... We have our Starman logo. We have the DC corner box on the side. Very, very top. This is by Stern, Lyle, and Hanna. Hanna? 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 Whatever it is. The Comics Code Authority seals in the top corner. Uh, Tom signed this in the bottom corner, as well as he should. This is a magnificent piece of art. And again, on I know the Longbox Crusade, and we just started this on the G.I. Joe, Royal American Headcast show. Uh, if you could have any piece of art... Usually we skip the covers, but I would love to have this piece of art, the original piece of art in this. This is fantastic. I just love this cover. Uh, the next page, another great page. We get Bill Beard, a.k.a. Will Payton, sleeping. He's having dreams. He's thinking about the, the uh, pilots that were killed. He's thinking about his boss, Carol that he failed, his mom upset. And in his dream, you know, he's, we got... Here at the top, we got Starman and Will Payton both facing off. Will Will's facing off. Will is facing off against, against Carol and his mom. Starman is facing off against the soldiers, and they're, they're blaming him for everything. Uh, the the pilots are saying, "You blew it, Starman. You let us die." Carol's saying, "I thought I could count on you, Will, but you let me down." His mom's like, "You can't depend on my son, Carol. He's not himself anymore." And again, as I talked about when that happened, I think Will would have been a lot better off had he told Carol who he really is, but he didn't, so we are where we are. And you know, we get Will talking to himself in his sleep. Carol, Mom, please, I'm so sorry. I tried my best. And then again, we get the the guy that was uh, that tried to shoot Will that accidentally killed himself. He's in fire. And again, Will's kind of having a conversation with himself. The, the guy is saying, you know, a real hero would have saved my wife and me both. Superman would have found a way. 
But you're not Superman, are you? I never said I was. I am a star man. Star sham is more like it. You're a screw-up. You'll always be a screw-up. And then it cuts to his dad in his hospital gown. And he's right. his dad's like, you're right. He's right, William. Dad? Lord knows you weren't there to save me. But how could I? Dad, wait. It's too late now, son. Until you tell anyone. No, don't say that. I would have saved you if I'd been there. And then he's running, and then next we see on the next page, Starman is a little kid in the Starman costume. And his dad, again in quotes, is pushing him out of the way as he gets hit by a truck being driven by Starman. And then Will Payton, or Bill Beard, or whatever y'all call him, wakes up. And he rises with a dream, but again, Will has a lot of guilt, a lot of misplaced guilt. Again, he blames himself for his dad, which, again, he wasn't responsible for. He blames himself for the the, uh, uh, the the drunken husband that shot him, that tried to shoot Will, that backfired on him. The only thing in this scenario, in my opinion, that Will can, in quotes, blame himself for is the whole Carol situation. As I said earlier, and I've said it in previous issues or episodes, if Will had came out with Carol and told him, told her who he was, some of that may have been avoided. But the rest of this is just, again, Will, he's a very caring individual, and he he uh, he lays a lot of guilt at his doorstep he shouldn't have. And some of the deals of his own guilt, I understand where Will's coming from. But Will, yeah, he accepts too much guilt that he shouldn't need to, but that's that's who Will is. If he was any different, he wouldn't be Will Payton. And again, as I've said previously, I think that's one thing that, that Roger Stern does on this book that I think is great. It makes Will a great character. That Will is willing, Will's willing, to accept so much guilt. And he, he wants to take on all the responsibilities and the blame for more than he should, just because that's who he is. That's his, I mean, a lot of people would just blow it off. Hey, it's not my problem, not my fault. But Will's not like that. He He's taken responsibility. He's willing to shoulder the blame for things that he's done and things that, again, it's not necessarily his fault, his responsibility. So, uh, again, I love the way that Roger Stern wrote this, the, wrote this character. And again, I don't say it enough, but uh, Tom Lyle, he is a magnificent artist. I talked about him on the cover. And talking about the artwork and the story itself, I don't talk about it enough, but I love Tom Lyle's artwork. I love the four-color superhero. I know he's not the colorist. Uh, the colorist would be Carl Gafford, but Tom Lyle, Scott Hanna is the inker. They did a great job on this issue. Tom Lyle always does a great job on this book. That's one thing that I, I loved about this book is the artwork. Uh, again, I don't say enough about it because, again, unlike... Uh, our buddy over on the, the G.I. Joe, Real American Headcast, and Longbox Crusade, uh, Jared Albrecht. I'm not an artist, so I don't have all the the art words that he would use. He, he's an art, he's a uh, the art cell drawer guy. He's got all the fancy words for the art on this, but I'm going to have to talk about this book and see if he's read this and what his thoughts on it are. Because, again, I just love the art. And, again, here on page three, where Will's dreaming he's a little kid in the Starman costume and his dad's pushing him out. I just love the way that the, the character looks. He looks like a little a little version, a, a kid version of Starman, and the costume is just fantastic. I think he did a great job.
Yeah, again, so the next page or so we get uh, Will Payton, Bill Beard, whatever, wandering, thinking about his past, wondering if he's a big of a screw up as he thinks he is. I like here about page four. He's got his coffee. He's warming up with his hands. A great use of his powers. And again, he's thinking about, you know, being Starman, working with Carol full time and how uh, he's hoping they could be a couple again. And like I said, I, I think that if he would have told Carol who he really is, what his deal is, and hey, Carol, I may need to fly off every once in a while and save the world. I think she would have been more, a little more acceptable uh, of Will disappearing, in quotes. But he didn't. Again, that's in the past at this point. But I, I think Will, again, is taking a little harder than he should. Um, again, he, like I talked about in the synopsis, he's on the way to San Francisco to, to find out more about his father, the man that he didn't know. And uh, I, don't know, I, just, I, I think Will's a great character. Uh, it was sad to see him go. We'll talk about that in the next year. Again, we're on issue 24. The series ended on episode... Episode? The series ended on issue 45. We're on 24. So we got... Uh, I was doing the math, or I did... Doing the math earlier, I did it wrong. I think I had a year left, but now I've got like two years left on this. Good. Just under two years. Your last issue was 45. And then I'll probably talk about the Eclipso series that this tied into. Uh, that's for the future. Right now, again, and again, Starman, as I've talked about, I think I've talked about previously, he has reappeared in the Just League books recently. Not quite the same character. He looks a little different. He's got gray hair now. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how much of these stories are in continuity at this point. Something hasn't really been made clear. I'm hoping they do more th with him than they've done, but uh, it is what it is. But we'll get to that another time. Right now, let's continue talking about this issue. As I talked about in the synopsis, I saved it for the end. I kind of grouped things together. We get the washer running at the uh, the Peyton household. And Will's mom opens it up because she hears some clanking in there. And she sees the, uh, the Starman costume. <laughs> I like that. She pulls it out as Jane comes in. And she's like, Jane, please tell me you weren't planning on wearing this. Me? Play Starman, Mom? I'd never. Well, okay, I would have had Will's powers, but I don't. And she, you know, she wanted to keep it clean in case Will comes home. And again, his mom is feeling a little, a little remorse for the way she acted. Again, she acted rather harshly when she found out that Will told his dad before, she, before he told her. Uh, she found out the truth from Jane later on. But So she's kind of Feel a little remorse, a little little uh, melancholy that she treated her son the way she did in the heat of the moments. And again, we all say or do things that we regret later on. It's just a matter of making up for it when you can. But uh... and like here at the bottom of page seven, she's like, "Darn you, Will Payton." If you don't want to be Starman, I wish you'd give me your powers. Whatever you decide to do, you better head home soon. Mama's been hovering over me like crazy. For nearly a month now, I know, and I know it's all displaced worry over you. So again, I like this picture here at the top of page eight. We get Will Payton, Bill Beard, whatever you want to call him, 
flying over San Francisco. He's got his his uh, regular clothes on, his backpack. And again, I've thought about this previously. Flight would be a really cool power. I know somewhere there was a quote, you know, would you rather have flight or invisibility? Uh, as a 12-year-old, 14, 15, 16, 18-year-old kid, I'd rather have invisibility. I'd sneak in the girls' locker room because I have no scruples. But as an adult, always having car problems, always dealing with transportation. At this point in my life, I would rather have flight. I think flight would be really cool. You can fly where you want to, fly over the ocean. And again, it made me think about that when I went to Disneyland here at the family a couple months ago. They have the Soarin', the Soarin', I was going to say Soarin' over California, but they changed the name just to Soarin'. Where you sit in a seat and a huge projector screen that makes it look like you're flying. And you're flying over the ocean, your feet almost dragging the water, you're flying over the, the savannas, flying around the animals. I think flight would be a really cool power to have. So I love seeing Will fly, and he's got his, his energy projection as he... Again, flight, if you don't have a cape, sometimes it can be hard to, to display in uh, a comic art. I mean, in the TV or movies, you can show flight. On a comic panel, it's a little hard. I mean, Superman's got his cape. Starfire has his ha- has her hair that shows the flight pattern. Will's got his his energy flight, whatever it is, that shows how he flies. So I think that's really cool. I think Tom Wilde does a great job showing Will flying. And again, the way that the uh, again, I don't know if that was Roger Stern's input or just uh, Tom Zyle input for the way he flies, but. I really dig that. It's really cool. And again, I haven't mentioned it on here yet. I think I mentioned it on my Facebook page that I have talked to Tom Lyle on Facebook. And hopefully, knock on wood, by the end of the year, I hopefully will be able to talk with the man and uh, get some thoughts from him. I'm hoping. Anyways. And again, I like, uh, so Will lands and... Uh, so, yeah, again, I've been referred to him as Will Payton or Bill Beard. As he lands, he, he's still in the beard, Bill Beard persona because he has the beard. I like this. He's like, uh, black is pitching there. Not a problem for me. At least we'll have enough privacy to retire Bill Beard and become Will Payton again. It's been nearly four months since I looked like my old self. Hope I can still do my voice. Hello? Testing, testing. Yeah, got it. So, again, so he's at the hospital where his dad died, trying to find more information on him. And so, again, I like the, the fact that he, he changes back to Will Payton. Again, the doctors wouldn't know him from Adam, but he takes the time to change from, from Bill Beard, again in quotes, to Will Payton. He reduces his beard, changes everything back the way he should look. It's just a great extra bit of, of work between Roger Stern and Tom Lyle to show you know, Will landing, taking that extra second to change from Bill Beard back into Will Payton. It's just fantastic. And as he comes in, he finds Dr. Yi, the doctor that was working on his dad when he died. And so he talks, he goes out and he talks to his, uh, the doctor about his dad. And uh, Yi tells him that in one of his trans, transient moments, he said he, he risked his life to save a young boy, a stranger. And he's like, how many would have done the same thing? So again, like I said in the synopsis, he, he goes through this issue trying to find more about his father. He talks to more people. 
And he learns that, again, we talked about a couple episodes ago, he lashed out his father when his father said, don't be like me. And he's like, I'm nothing like you. And that's revealed his identity to his father. And we find out that even though his father left Will and Jane when they were babies, left his mom, Marie, that... I don't know if that happened later in life or what, but but Will's dad was willing to risk his life for a total stranger. And while his dad made some bad choices in life, I, I do see some similarities between Will and his father. Uh, again, Will does what he does. He risks his life to save people every day. And Will's dad risks his life to save a young boy that he didn't need to. So even though he's made some mistakes in the past, down inside somewhere, Will's father had a, a I don't want to say a glimmer, but he had some, some goodness in him, some, some of a star man, if you will. <laughs> and then he finds out as he's investigating further that the, the bus driver that, that ran into his dad blames himself for what happened. And again, he's, he's, as the guy, the other driver says, he's bearing a, a terrible cross. But of course, Will goes to investigate because that's what Will does. And then we cut over to, as I talked about in the synopsis, we get Kitty Faulkner as she meets Deadline sitting in her house. And again, uh, it's been a while since I read the Superman book because that's where Kitty Faulkner originated. I, I don't see the collar on her. I didn't think to look last time she appeared, the other times. Because uh, again, she first appeared in the Superman book. She absorbed too much radiation or energy or something and became a rampaging creature called Rampage. And she wore a collar to help absorb that power and stop her from, from becoming the monster. I don't see the collar at this point, so I'm not sure. Maybe she lost her powers at this point. Again, it's been a while since I've read all these books. Maybe I'll have to ask Michael about that. It's Michael Bailey from the from Crisis to Crisis uh, Superman podcast. Uh, he knows all about that. But uh, we cut to, again, Kitty Faulkner. She meets Deadline sitting in her room, in her house, that she's been waiting on her. Again, she runs away. He runs to the walls to catch up with her. And again, he wants Starman's head. Again, if Kitty had her her rampage power, she could have turned into rampage here and and Pettis stopped a deadline too sweet, if you will. Then we cut over to Starman. I'm sorry, Will <clears throat> Will Payton at a, a library, it looks like, looking through old newspapers, reading up on the accident. And I like the way this page is laid out. This is page uh, 13. Uh, we got a little inset panel of the outside the library with Star, uh, Will's thoughts. And then at the bottom, we have another little inset panel of Pit Will reading. And most of the page is a splash page for the most part. We got Will sitting there and behind. We got like three newspapers. There's a stack of newspapers behind him. Uh, one of the headlines says, Homeless Hero Saves Boy's Life. Another one says, No Charges Filed in Fatal Accident. And the other third one says, The Other Victim. Uh, talking about the truck driver, Stephen Duke Bauman. And uh, it's funny here on the back of the paper that Will's reading. He's reading the San Francisco Chronicle, and uh, it says Augustine defector or Augustine defects inside. So again, Augustine was again with DC. 
he was the uh, the editor of this book, so I think that was a nice little touch. I'm assuming that was the artist, the the, the pencil that threw that in there. I don't think the writer would write the head. Well, maybe it's hard to tell. The writer may put the uh, headlines in there. I'm not sure. It depends on how they were working. But yeah, I just think it was a funny little. I like when they take writers or other creators from the company and throw their name like in headlines and just little throwaway things like that. I thought that was neat. But Will's thinking back and remembering how the drunk husband, ex-husband, was killed. And again, Will's blaming himself still for it when we all clearly know, you know, it was the guy's fault for trying to shoot Will or Starman. And he's reading the, the uh, truck driver's quotes that says, uh, I don't know how I thought I could drive after something like that, says Bauman. I wish it had been me that got hit. And it looks like after he his brakes gave out and he almost hit the little boy, he had another fender bender. At that point, he, he quit his job. He'd been there for 10 years. So again, w Will is feeling very much empathy for uh, Bauman. Bauman? I guess it's Bauman. Bauman for what happened because again he's feeling kind of the similar the pressure the strain of being responsible for someone's death when again it wasn't really his fault and the near fatal accident wasn't uh, Bauman's fault looked like his brakes went bad or something the brake failure so again Will's kind of feeling where this guy's coming from and he also reads that you know the guy's you know the guy's suicidal he's got a wife and a son He's like, oh, crazy fool. Doesn't see what he's doing. And he gets someone that, as I've talked about over my head speaks here for a while now, I've had some uh, issues of depression and other things I'm not going to go into here. But some people, you know, they see, they see their family and it stops them from doing anything stupid. Other people, they, uh, they, they can't see the forest through the trees or the trees through the forest. Maybe that's how it is. The trees through the forest. They can't, you know, don't realize what if they would to kill themselves, what it would do to their family. So, again, having been down that line myself, not quite that far. I've never tried anything like that, but uh, I can understand where you know Steve's Bauman, Bauman, I want to say Bauman, Bauman is coming from. So, I, and again, if you've never actually been there, if you've never been that depressed or you know had any issues like that you may find out you know you may find it hard to believe that someone would do that but it is possible it does happen so I mean something to think about so Will goes to Bauman's wife and uh, you know said he's looking for him you know he doesn't want to sue him I just want to talk to him and she tells him that you know well, she, they had words this morning but she hasn't seen him since and she hasn't wanted to leave the house just in case he returns home. And that's a little panel. We got, you know, she's standing over the fence talking to Will. Behind her on, I guess, another fence or something is a little boy riding like a horse almost. Uh, nice little scene. Again, the art in this is fantastic. So, again, Will's hitting all the bars trying to find him. And he finally hits one bar that says, the guy says, well, yeah, he was here a while ago, but I wasn't served because he was already loaded. He just left. So, again, Will goes out and takes off flying Again, trying to save the guy before he gets any more trouble. And then he sees him out in the middle of the road. Again, he's, as we said, he's loaded, so he's drunk off his butt. He, he's wandering out in the middle of traffic. Bowman goes for the record, and the crowd goes wild. And there's a bus about where he hit him when Starman flies down. Will. Will Star, Star Will, Starman, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's Starman, but he's in his Will clothes still. So he flies down and picks him up. 
again here at bottom of page I keep saying this but it's it's true uh, page 15 he flies down and, and picks the guy up that's another great shot and again on the front of the bus there's a sign that says Stern O'Cola again I'm assuming that's for Roger Stern the writer again nice little again I, like I said I love those little throwaway lines like that just, you know creator's name somewhere in the background or in the picture it's fantastic uh, this is bus 21B Hardware Candlestick number 716 I don't know if those numbers mean anything offhand but again this is a nice page 15 that's a nice panel of Will grabbing the guy and pulling him to safety and then Duke gets kind of confrontational with Will and he's like what are you going to do you know you want to beat me up I don't want to talk to you Betty and Will's like not even to the son of the man you hit and so they cut to a later scene where Will and Duke are sitting around talking, having some coffee. And Duke's like, I, I don't understand why, you know, you're not going to sue me. You don't beat my head in, so what do you want? And basically just tells him, you know, I, I read the story. I've learned about you and my dad along the way and uh, your family. And I understand you had to run a bad luck. And Duke says, you know, if that's the truth, he basically has been stuck on that accident. Things like that happen to people. I mean, I know sometimes people commit suicide by jumping out in front of trucks or large vehicles or trains or something like that and it's the person committing suicide but the driver that, that hits the person even though it's not their fault probably nothing they could have done to stop it they're, they're going to feel that guilt because there, there's always that what if and again as I've talked about my head speaks uh, I, my brother passed away when we were younger and I wasn't able to help him and again, I, and that's part of my reasons for having problems with that still 40 years later, almost 40 years later, that there's that the whole what if that what, you know, maybe something could have been different. So, again, I, I see where he's coming from, the, the whole, you know, worrying about it and replaying things in his mind. And again, he sees, you know, the kid running out in front of him, chasing his ball. And the kid wasn't much older than his own son, Duke Jr. <laughs> and he said he put it up on the brake. The pedal flopped to the floor, and he knew it was going to stop, and all of a sudden, Will's dad jumped out to save the kid, which got him hit. And he, after the accident, you know, none of the drivers wanted to talk to him about it. They thought he was a jinx. Now, he said, in 12 years of driving, never had an accident, but said I couldn't do anything right. And again, I think it was so much that he couldn't do anything right. It's just he was so upset about accidentally killing somebody that, again, kind of not be able to see the uh, trees through the forest, or the forest through the trees, whichever it is. He's not able to see the, the bigger picture because, again, he's just stuck on what actually happened. And so when anything bad happened after that, he would just magnify in his head and things were worse than they actually were. And, again, he said he got so sick he could to his stomach, he couldn't get behind the wheel. So, again, he says sometimes he dreams he ran into Bill's dad, sometimes it was the boy he ran into. But even the good, like I said, even the good nights he remembers up with what actually happened. And again, his wife's been after him to see a counselor, but he can't see how that's going to help anything. Again, speaking of someone that's had some, some problems in the past, not wanting to talk to somebody, not knowing how that's going to help you, just talking to somebody, I definitely see where Duke's coming from. Uh, again, I've been kind of in that place, same place myself. I've recently started seeing somebody just to try to get some help and some closure and whatever you want to call it. But again, I'm still at that point now where I'm like, well, I don't know if this is doing any good. 
I, I don't know. You know, I've been doing my self-medication by posting online and doing my Facebook posts and talking about my episodes, trying to get over what happened to my brother, but it doesn't work. I've been, like I said, I've been talking to the counselor for a little while now, a few months, and again, I'm still at the point where I don't know if this is helping any. So I definitely see where Duke's coming from. I can, again, when I read this back when I was younger, uh, it was in my early 20s, I didn't quite understand where he was coming from, I guess, as much. But now being 50, having had some of these experiences in quotes myself, having these problems, issues, whatever you want to call it, I, I can see where Duke's coming from and I can feel, feel the guy's pain. Having been, you know, again, not just like I haven't run anybody over, but again, I have a tragedy in my past that I blame myself for. He's blaming himself. And again, logically, I can tell him, you know, it's not your fault. You shouldn't blame yourself. But And I tell myself the same thing. But sometimes, especially if you're in the middle of it, it's hard to take advice, especially, you know, your own advice, even though it makes sense. And you can tell someone else that, but try to take your own advice sometimes, just it's hard. So I definitely see where Duke's coming from. And Will and Duke just have a little heart to heart. And, you know, Will tells them that, you know, my dad left 20 years ago. I haven't seen him. So, you know, don't feel, I mean, because Duke's feeling bad that, he actually accidentally killed Will's dad, took him from it, took him from him. But Will's like, don't feel that bad about it. He's been on my life for 20 years. He left on his own. It's nothing to do with you. And so they have a little talk and, you know, Will tells me, you know, well, you, you can't blame yourself. You can't kill yourself. You can't be suicidal because you got a family. You got a wife. You got a son that loves you. And they don't want to lose you because, you know, petting them through that tragedy and that, 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 of their dad dying especially taking his own life like that, can really mess a kid up and mess up the mom. So, and again, as I, I talked with my, my, my own therapist about my issues, I, I've said some of the same things that Will's saying, that, you know, that's one thing that's kind of stopped me over the years is that, you know, I've got kids, i got you know, a wife, and I wouldn't do anything to hurt them. And I know logically that if I was to do that, that would devastate them, and I, I couldn't have that. Even though I'm dead, I couldn't have that on my conscience because I don't know. I'm just weird like that. Well, I'm not really weird, but I don't know. I just couldn't do that to them, knowing you know, leaving them like that. So I definitely feel where he's coming from. I mean, I can't blame you know blame him at all. And then this issue ends with Starman back at home. He's in a Starman costume. The last page here is a fantastic page. His clothes and his boots is on by his bed. His sister Jane's in the room with their dog looking at him. He's all glowing bright because he, you know, he's back to being Starman. So talking with with uh, Duke and realizing that what he was telling Duke makes sense, and he should apply that to his own life. It just kind of, like I said, not only did he help Duke clear things up on his own, in his own head and with his family, but it also made sense to Will and it kind of helped Will come to a better understanding of where he's at and oh, what he needs to do and all that stuff. So, but again, this, that's where the issue ends, you know, next month, pending deadline, because we you know the deadline, uh, deadline is coming. But that's it for this issue. I'm just going through the uh, letters page. It tells us the very end. It tells us round two of Starman vs. Deadline. As they square off once again, check your local cable guide for times. 
But again, another great issue. Like I said, I love the art in here. I love the, the everything about this book is just fantastic. I love Will Payton Starman. Uh, again, I, I think I mentioned this. I mentioned on my Facebook. I don't think I mentioned. I haven't had a show since then. I was talking with Tom Lyle on Facebook, the, the penciler and co-creator of this book. And I was talking about getting him on my show and you know, interviewing him about Starman and his other work. He's done the work for Spider-Man. And he's done a lot of great work over the years. And he was telling me, well, you know, not right now because he was busy. I guess he teaches or was instructing or something like that. And he's like, well, you know, once in November, December, once things die down and I get some time, yeah, we'll talk and, you know, we can, we can, uh, I would love to talk to you. But unfortunately, before we had a chance to do that, uh, Tom passed away. He died on November the 19th of 2019. And again, looking at uh, Wikipedia on him, his name was Thomas Stanford Lyle. November 2nd, 1953 through November 19th, 2019. He was 50, or 66 years old. Again, he was an American comic artist, best known for his work on Starman and Robin for DC Comics. And as I said earlier, Spider-Man for Marvel. And he's done a lot of other stuff. He introduced the second blockbuster in Starman number nine, which we talked about. Uh, let me see here real quick. He worked on the first solo Robin miniseries uh, with Chuck Dixon, which was a great book. They co-created the Electrocutioner and Detective Comics. In fact, uh, Tom helped co-create Stephanie Brown uh, over Detective Comics, a.k.a. Spoiler, a.k.a. Robin Nightshoes 4. He's done work on the, com uh, the Comet for Impact Comics. He hit penciled and plotted with Mark Wade. Uh, yeah, I said he worked on Spider-Man. He worked on Maximum Carnage, The Clone Saga, all those storylines in that range. Uh, he helped design the red, the hoodie, the blue hoodie and red spandex costume worn by the Scarlet Spider, which was a clone of Spider-Man. Uh, just for the record, I love that costume. I thought the hoodie was a great look for Spider, for for uh, the Scarlet Spider. Uh, I really liked that look for him. I think that uh, Tom and whoever else worked on with him did a great job on it. He's created some other characters. And more recently, between 2005 and the time he died, he was teaching, teaching sequential art at the Savannah College of Art and Design. So that's what he's teaching uh, sequential art at the Savannah College. And he said, you know, maybe in November, December, once, you know, we start getting breaks and have some more time, he would love to talk with me. Unfortunately, though, uh, he did pass away before that. We got a chance to actually talk. So, again, my best goes out to his family. He left the family behind, unfortunately. So I, I, my heart goes out to them. Uh, he was a great guy. I mean, I never actually got the chance to meet him or talk on the phone or anything, but we did talk on Facebook a little bit, messenger back and forth. And, uh, yeah, Tom, he seemed like a great guy. I see he did a lot of fantastic, awesome work. I just, I, I love his work on this. I'm going to be sad when he leaves. But... That's enough about that. Just, you know, a moment of silence for the great Tom Lyle. So now that I, I left that sad, depressing news for you guys, uh, sorry if you haven't heard to be the bearer of bad news. I'm sure most of you heard. I did post on my Facebook page about it. But we're going to go take a quick commercial break. I'm going to play some promos. And I will be right back with Comic Comics Comic Rack. Hold tight. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. The Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour will be back after these messages. I hope he's home. Why does it sound like I'm using a phone in the UK? I told you never to call me again. Yeah, I know. And modern science has yet to create a device to measure how much I don't care. Look, I'm getting the trailer for this year's JL May together, and I assumed I had to make you a part of it since you're always in everybody's trailer or something. <laughs> well, look at you leading this year's JL May. Somebody's wearing his big boy pants. So what's the theme? I sent you an email like a month ago. Like I even pay attention to anything you send me. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Infinite Crisis? No, Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I'm not following. Shocking. The theme this year, I'm, I'm going to, like I'm talking to a child. The theme this year is Countdown to Infinite Crisis. I thought it was a fascinating time period in DC's history. So a bunch of us are getting together to talk about the various specials and miniseries and crossovers that led up to Infinite Crisis. It's the event before the event. The whole thing is going to kick off on April 30th, 2020, with a special episode of Views from a Long Box covering the Countdown to Infinite Crisis 80-page giant. And from there, a whole bunch of shows that I will be adding in post-production will discuss these previously mentioned miniseries and crossover issues. And people actually agreed to this? Shockingly, yes. Well, it's probably a good thing that you're going to cover Countdown to Infinite Crisis instead of the Countdown series, because that was a train wreck. Yeah, you know, actually, that was my thinking, too. Now, are you going to help me with this trailer or not? Fine. I will help you with your little trailer. Good. Uh, don't worry, by the way. There won't be any dates for you to get wrong. I hate you so much. JL May 2020. Countdown to Infinite Crisis. The event before the event. This podcast crossover kicks off on April 30th, 2020, on Views from the Long Box, located at www.fortressofbailytude.com. From there, the event will spread out through the podcasting sphere on Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water Podcast, Robin, Everybody Loves the Drake, Pop Culture Affidavit, It All Comes Back to Superman, The Fan Holes Podcast, Justice's First Dawn, The Birds of Prey Podcast, Married with Comics, The Coffee and Comics Podcast, The Longbox Crusade, Task Force X, Relatively Geeky Presents, Wonder Woman Warrior for Peace, and the Dr. DC Podcast.
governmental organization operating behind the scenes. Task Force X. Task Force X is an off-the-books government strike team made up of convicts with no hope for release, serving as expendable agents for impossible missions. Succeed, and I'll shave time off your sentences. If we don't... You'll be dead. Any other stupid questions? The Suicide Squad, ran by Amanda Waller. I'm Amanda Waller. I'm here to indoctrinate you convicts into our special forces. And there's Checkmate, ran by Harry Stein. This is the tales of DC Comics, Suicide Squad, and Checkmate. Mostly monthly from Headspeaks. Available on iTunes under Task Force X and under Headcasts over at headspeaks.com. We can also be found on Facebook and Google Plus under Task Force X. Task Force X. Check it out. Or you'll answer to the wall. Nobody screws the wall! Welcome back to our show. Welcome back to the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. And here we are with... Copy Comics, Comic Rack. So this month we're looking at the May books. May book? So we're going to look at the books that came out in May of 1990. Like I said, I was going to Lonnie's Comics, or Copper Comics, owned by Lonnie Cox, full-time in Merced at this point. Uh, in fact, I lived in Merced for a while, so I was over there quite a bit at that point. And then by, 90, by the time May of 1990, I was, I think I was living with my friend Dean and Ray and them at the time. So these are the books that were on sale. Uh, again, these aren't everything, but I'm going to mention the ones that, that mean something to me. Or I, for some reason, it comes to my attention. So we have the NAM number 46. Uh, again, I wasn't picking the book up at this point, but it, it was all right. Uh, I read the first couple issues of the NAM, or the NOM. Uh, Action Comics 654. Uh, this was part of the Dark Knight over Metropolis, where Batman and Superman crossed over. Uh, this was part three of three, written by Roger Stern, our buddy from this show. So, again, it was a great a great storyline. Again, that's when I, again, as I've said, that was in the, the middle of what I consider the golden age of comics. Uh, for more on Superman, check out Michael Bailey's From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast where him and his buddy Jeffrey uh, Taylor are reviewing the action, or the Superman books from the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths all the way up through, I think they're going to cover up to the Crisis... Uh, what was the final crisis, I think? Somewhere around there. Uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, number 19. Again, this is a book I picked up early, but I stopped at some point. And again, but it's Dungeons and Dragons. Getting back into playing D&D with my kid, my, my son and wife and some friends. I've got to mention that. Uh, moving on, there was Adventures of Superman 468. I think this was after the, uh, the last issue, the... Uh, Dark Knight over Metropolis. This one here, I think it's probably Metallo or something. Uh, we The cover shows Superman being pelted by a bunch of metal. Uh, this was written by Dan Jurgens and art by the art was Art, art T. Bear 
for the Inker. Again, as I've said elsewhere in here, I love Beast and Dam Jurgens. So that was a great storyline also. Uh, then moving on, Alpha Flight number 86. There was Amazing Spider-Man 334 and 335. That was uh, parts of The Return of the Sinister Six. This is being written by David Michelini, an artist by, artist by? Ain't pencil by uh, Eric Larson. Again, another, I was loving Spider-Man at this time. Great books. I Again, part of my, where I really love. Uh, moving on from there, we have, let me find where I'm at, uh, Animal Man 25. This was at the tail end of the Grant Morrison run. Again, the first 26 issues or so, if I'm not mistaken, of this was fantastic. I loved Mesa Mantle Man, especially early on. The artist on this was Brian J. Boland. I've talked about, I think it was one of my hit speaks when I talked about uh, The Killing Joke. Love some Brian Boland artwork. So this is a great series. It got to a certain point where I wasn't liking it as much. It started getting a little on the weird side, went to Vertigo. But yeah, what Grant was doing, I think was fantastic. In fact, I may cover that at some point in the future somewhere. Keep an eye on that. So, so coming soon from somewhere with Head, Brotherhead, we're going to have an Animal Man podcast for at least the first two years of it. Uh, moving on, there's a bunch of Archie, Josie, and stuff. I'm not going to get into those. Uh, Lantis Chronicles number four. This I think was the fourth issue. I don't know was the fourth issue. I think it was a four-issue series kind of telling the origins of Atlantis. Uh, I don't... This is written by Peter David. Never really covered much of it, but for more on Aquaman, check out the Fire and Water Podcast Network where they cover Firestorm and Aquaman. Moving on, there's Avengers number 319, which I'm uh, just pulling these up and looking. This was the crossing line, a storyline they had. Again, I was enjoying Avengers at this point. There's Avengers Spotlight. Avenger, I'm sorry, Avengers Spotlight 34. There's Avengers West Coast number 60, another great series. Uh, there's Batman 449 and 450 and 451 and annual number 14. Wow, there was four Batman books out in one month. Wow. Uh, Batman 450 has a picture of the Joker sitting in shadows. Uh, the Batman annual was with Harvey Dent on the cover, or Two-Face. Again, I was loving this era of Batman. Uh, 449 was like it was a Penguin storyline. 451 was again the Joker also. Uh, for more on Batman from this time frame, check out Ryan Daly and Chris Franklin's uh, The Dark Knight podcast. I'm probably getting that name wrong. Uh, if Ryan's listening to my show, he's sitting there, what do you, what? No, that's the wrong name, you idiot. But it's... <laughs> oh, it's just because I, I bad at names sometimes. But I'm looking up as I'm talking. I'm kind of vamping for time here. But, uh... It's over on the Fire and Water Network podcast. It's a great show. It's yeah, there's it's called Batman Nightcast. So definitely if you're a fan of the Batman books, especially in this era, check it out. That was a great time. Uh, moving on from there, there's some more Betty and Veronica books. Uh, Black Knight number two over at Marvel Comics. That was a good series. I enjoyed that. Uh, Black Hawk number 15, back at DC. Uh, I read a lot of the Black Hawk book. It was pretty good. Uh, there was Bugs Bunny number one, Butcher number three, Camp Candy number three. That was a uh, John Candy cartoon and comic book. Uh, I didn't, didn't, I think I bought the first issue, and that's about it, just because it was the first issue. Uh, Captain America issues 372 and 373. Uh, this is the Street of Poison storyline. I want to say this is where Captain America had the, the super serum pulled out of his body 
because you know he was saying drugs are bad, but he's he's powered by drugs, so he pulled them out. I think that I think this was that storyline, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Captain Adam number forty two. Again, this uh, Captain Adam, I love this series. Uh, this series leads up to the Armageddon 2001 crossover, which I am covering. I'm finishing up over at Head Speaks. Uh, for more on Captain Adam, check out my buddy Jay Jones when he does his podcast. He's got a silver and gold podcast. Uh, definitely check out his work. Moving on from there, there was Captain N, the Game Master number one. I think I have or had that one. That was like a Nintendo-based comic book with a... Uh, <laughs> There's some Nintendo games and a, a human character that got mixed up with it somehow. Uh, some Casper books I'm not really going to get into. Casper just a mention. Going on from there, Checkmate number 29, uh, which, I, again, I'm covering over the, the uh, Task Force X podcast. Check that out. Uh, there's some Conan books. Count Decula number 12. Again, I wasn't buying at the time, but I watched some Count Decula cartoons. It was funny. I enjoyed it. Daredevil 282. Deathlock number one, I enjoyed that. I think it was a miniseries, possibly. Back over at DC Comics, there was The Demon number one. Uh, this was written by Alan Grant. Uh, this was a good series. I enjoyed this one. Not a huge Demon fan, but he's interesting. Uh, then we have some more Batman books. We have Detective Comics 616 and 617. So at this point, six Batman books out in one month. Wow, I was broke then. Again, for more on Batman Detective Comics, definitely check out the aforementioned Ryan Daly and Chris Franklin's uh, Dark Knight podcast. Dr. Fate number 18. I love me some Dr. Fate. This was the I think this was a series where uh, Dr. Fate became a female for a while. Loved it. It was a great series. Moving on, Doom Patrol number 34. Uh, I I read this, reading this series. I'm just looking. Okay, this was part of Grant Morrison's series run on Doom Patrol. He was still writing it. I was enjoying this. Once Grant left, some of the other writers tried to imitate Grant. I don't think they did as great of a job, in my opinion. But for more on Doom Patrol, they do have... Or they did have a show on the uh, DC uh, app, whatever it's called, the DC Universe. And for podcast, check out buddy Paul Hicks and Mike Garvey's Waiting for Doom podcast. Uh, moving on, there was Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, a trade paperback or softcover story. Uh, moving on from there, we had, let me see here, some more Archie. Archie's all over the place. Excalibur number 24. Again, that was what I referred to as I said, a bot book. This one that Billy was reading. I was reading his copies. Uh, this was part of the Cross Time Caper. An interesting storyline. Moving on from Excalibur, there was Fantastic Four 342 and Annual 23. The Annual was part of the Days of Future Past. Or, I'm sorry, Days of Future Present. It was a four-issue crossover through the Annuals. I enjoyed that. I was loving the Annuals at this time. thought they were great crossovers. Moving on, there was Firestorm number 99. Again, Firestorm, one of my favorite characters. I love it. For more on Firestorm, again, check out the aforementioned Fire and Water podcast. Uh, this is Firestorm is one of Shag's favorite characters. He's got good taste. Uh, the Flash number 40. Again, this was Wall and West Flash. I enjoyed it. I was, I was liking the series. There was also a Flash special number one that came out this month. After that, we have G.I. Joe World... Yeah, try that in English. And you think I wouldn't mess up on this one. G.I. Joe, a real American hero, number 102. Again, I was loving G.I. Joe. Again, check out my G.I. Joe, a real American headcast for more on G.I. Joe. It's going to be a while before I get to this issue, though. 
Uh, Ghost Rider number three, Green Arrow number 33. This neat cover's got half of it's got uh, half of Ollie's face, the other half has looks like he's strung up somewhere. Great cover. Uh, Green Lantern number 12. Moving on from there, Guardians of the Galaxy number two. This is not the, the current Guardians of the Galaxy that is in the movies. This is the futuristic 31st, I think it was, century uh, superhero team. I love that book. It was a great book. Awesome. Hawk and Dove number 14. This had Kester on the cover. Again, Hawk and Dove is another book I really loved, and I'm going to do something about that in the future at some point. I've got all these podcasts in mind. Hawk World number two. Uh, moving on from there. There is, let me see, Huntress number 16, The Incredible Hulk 371, with, uh, looks like it's got Doctor Strange and Namor in it. Again, I was loving The Incredible Hulk at this time period. Iron Man 258, again, another book I enjoyed. Just League America number 40, and Just League Europe number 15. Uh, Just League 40 has the death of Mr. Miracle, it looks like. Uh, the cover has a tombstone that says Mr. Miracle R.I.P. We got the back for characters. I'm not going to go into more detail on that because I think I remember what happened, but I'm not going to spoil if you haven't read it. Uh, again, if you're a fan of the Just League books, check out Shag. Again, going back to the Redeemable Shag. He's got his JLI pod, podcast. Check that out. He does some great work on that show. Uh, Legion 90, number 17. Again, another book I love, Legion. I may, me and Derek... Derek W. Crab from the Fan Holes podcast was talking one time. We may try to do something on that. I'm not sure yet. I've got so much I want to do. Legends of the Dark Knight number eight. Uh, that was a out of continuity series for the most part, though it did cross over eventually. So again, they're not really covering this there. I don't think they're going to cover these books unless it crosses over, I don't think. But Ryan and Chris, they've still got their Dark Knight podcast. Check it out. Legions of Superhero number nine. This was Griffin, Griffin, Giffen's uh, Dark Legion, if you will. Uh, the dark and grim and gritty and very more realistic, if you will, superheroes. Moving on. I didn't have this one. I'm just going to mention it. Link, The Legend of Zelda number one. Uh, Looney Tunes magazine. <laughs> uh, here's another book I was reading. Mark Spector, Moon Knight number 16. Great book. Uh, Marvel Age number 90. Had Spider-Man on the cover. Marvel Comics Presents. I was picking these up on and off. Uh, issues 53 through 55 with Wolverine and the Hulk. Moving on from there, there was the Marvel Superhero Tales number two. It was the Marvel Superhero Summer Special. I had that one at one time. Uh, Marvel Tales featuring Spider-Man 239. That was a reprint book of Spider-Man stories. Mighty Thor 419. Uh, for more on Spider-Man, I'm not sure of a podcast offhand. I know, I'm sure there's one out there I'm missing, but I do know that on the Palace of Glittering Delights, uh, our British friend Andrew uh, Leyland he talks about Spider-Man quite a bit so if you want some more on Spider-Man definitely check out Andrew's show moving on from there we have Mr. Miracle number 17 again this Mir Mr. Miracle another hero a character book I loved great book uh, Namor the Submariner number 4 New Gods number 17 again New Gods as I've said before I've read it on and off I just I like the idea I just can't get into it for some reason New Mutants 91 and annual number six. This one is during the end of New Mutants before it changed into, I think it was X-Force. And the New Mutants annual, of course, it was a part of the Days of Future Present storyline that I mentioned earlier. Moving on from there, there was the new Titans number 67. Again, 
love the CRF Teen Titans. And as I've said a couple of times, something else I want to work on. I want to do a new Titan show at some point for at least the first hundred issues, maybe the books before that. Still working out the details on that in my head. But I know also Tom Panarese on his, I think it's Pop Culture Avid Data. Uh, sometimes he looks at that and Earth. There's also uh, tightening up, tighten, tightens up the defenses or something like that. Sorry if I'm butchering that one there. Uh, but that's another Titan show. Check them out. There's New Warriors number one, Speedball, uh, Norita, uh, Marvel Boy, Thrash, Onova. Great book. I love the New Warriors. That was a great story. I love that one. I hate what they did with them later, but that's for another podcast or another complaint later. Uh, then there was Nick Fury, Agent of Shield. There was also Power Pack number 57. Uh, there is a Power Pack podcast out there, Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack. Definitely check that out. Punisher number 35, Punisher Army number 1, Punisher Magazine 12, Punisher War Journal 20. Again, Punisher had four books out. Punisher was very popular at this time. And yes, I, maybe I may not got the magazine. I'm not sure. But I got the rest of them. I, began, I was a big Punisher fan at the time. Quasar number 12. Again, Quasar, another character I love. That was a Marvel character. And again, there is a podcast out there, in theory, about Quasar. They haven't done any episodes in a while. I'm not sure they're done or whatnot. I have to check with them and see. It's the, the Quantum Cast by a friend of the show, Gene Hendricks. Even if they stopped doing it, check out what they've done so far. It's a great show. It's a great comic. I love me some Quasar. Uh, the Wendell Vaughn Quasar, most specifically. Uh, moving on from there, there was a Robocop issue one deluxe, which I think we've read the first movie. There's Robocop number five. Uh, Saga of the Original Human Torch, number four. I picked that one up. That was a reprint, if I'm not mistaken, of earlier Human Torch stories. Moving on from there, there's a lot of TNA books from Malibu. Uh, Sensational She-Hulk, number 17, another great book. Uh, Sergeant Rock Special, number eight. I didn't have that one, but it's DC. It's Sergeant Rock. I'd throw that out there. Shade the Changing Man, number one. This uh, was different, for the most part, Shade than that showed up in the Suicide Squad and the earlier Shade. It was the same character, but it was different. It was kind of redesigned. It was a very dark, vertigoid book. So I enjoyed that for a while. The first storyline was great. Definitely check that out. Uh, moving on from there, we have Spectacular Spider-Man 166. After that, there were some Star Trek books. Uh, Starman number 24. I've heard that somewhere recently. Uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad 42. This is part of the Phoenix Gambit's. Again, I'll be covering that over my uh, Task Force X podcast here in the near future. Super Mario Brothers number two. Again, I just mentioned that because it's Super Mario Brothers. I loved it at the time. Superboy number six. I think this was based on the TV show Superboy. I read this one on and off. Superman number 45. Again, these were more almost like a painted coverage at this point. Uh, again, for some more on Superman, check out the From Crisis to Crisis podcast. Uh, there was a Time Masters number six. Love the Time Masters. That was a great... It was an eight-issue miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. Again, for more on Time Masters, uh, well, pay attention to Head Speaks or the Headcast Network. They're going to show up somewhere at some point. Not sure when yet. Transformers number 68. Again, I was buying Transformers. One of the earlier books I started getting into. Uh, great stories. I love the Transformers. For more on Transformers, there is another podcast out there by the... Uh, I think it's from the Longbox crew. There's Transformers Chronicles. Definitely a great show. Check that one out. I'm enjoying that. And Kenny X-Men 263 and 264. Uh, again, the X-Men. I, I was loving them at the time. 
V for Vendetta, the trade paperback, was a uh, collection of the 12-issue miniseries. Web of Spider-Man 66. The What If, What If number 15, What If the Fantastic Four had, I'm trying to read it, but it's too small, I'm blind, I'm getting old. There it is. What if the Trial of Galaxies had ended in Reed Richards' execution? I was loving some What If. And there is a What If podcast out there. Uh, I know I'm being a bad host and a bad listener because I can't remember the name of it offhand. I'm sitting here scrolling through my phone trying to see if I can if I can catch it real quick as I'm talking. This is me stalling for time. <laughs> Oh, and I'm not finding. I think it's on Marvel Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, if you can bear with me just one second, I'm going to look and see. Uh, Squadron Supreme was over there. New Avengers. No, I guess not. Again, I've been very bad here not remembering where it's at and not having done some research beforehand to be able to tell you where to go to listen to it. Uh, but if I can't find it real quick here in just a second, I'm going to be done looking and I'm just going to go on. But know that there is a What If podcast out there that's enjoyable to listen to. So definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm not. It's there somewhere. Um, what the number eight? There was the comedy series that was enjoyable. Uh, Wolverine number 26 and 27. 27's got a great cover. It's got Wolverine coming at you, the reader. Claws out, ready to attack. It's a great book. Uh, what is this one? Wolverine Battles of the Incredible Hope number one. Wonder Woman number 44. Again, that started off as a bot book. I ended up buying it on my own. X-Factor 56 and Annual number 5. Again, this was a bot book, and which I started buying on my own at some point. And the X-Factor Annual was, again, part of the Days of Future Presence. Uh, crossover to the annuals. There was X-Men Annual number 14 and X-Men Classic number 49, which reprinted the uh, original, some of the original X-Men stories. So those are the books... They came out in May. Again, I pulled all this information from mikesamazingworld.com. Mike's got a great website. lists all the comic books. Quite a bit on there. Uh, I'm not sure how current it is, but since I'm doing older shows, it works out wonderful for me. So yeah, take a look at Mike's Amazing World. It's a great website. It's a great resource for podcasters that does these old comic books. It's got pictures of the comic. Sometimes it'll have uh, synopsises. It'll tell you who the writer and all that good stuff is. Uh, thanks a lot, Mike. You're doing a great job there. But I think that's going to do it for me. Uh, again, I haven't got really much any feedback, nothing really to talk about there. So I'm going to end that here. I am going to mention a couple of things, though. First, uh, I've got, I'm doing away with the Star, uh, Starman Manhunter Facebook page. I'm doing it with all my pages Headspeaks, the Headcast Network. I'm doing it with all the pages I've got for all my shows. And I'm going to have two groups at this point. I'm going to have the G.I. Joe, Royal Market Headcast, which has been going for a while. And I started a new one, the Headcast Network. It's a group. Um, it's a little easier for me to do one page one, or one group instead of four or five different pages. Makes things easier on me. And with a group, you get a little more interaction, a little more, you know, back and forth with people watching this or listening to the shows and people that want to post on it. So check out both my Facebook groups. There's G.I. Joe, a Royal American Headcast and the Heads, uh, what is it, the Headcast Network Facebook group. Also, if you like what I'm doing, I finally started a Patreon page. You can check out patreon.com slash headcastnetwork. I haven't got anyone on there yet, but if you like what I'm doing, uh, go on there and throw me a few bucks and uh, help me out. But yeah, like I said, I'm not a big promoter of my own stuff. But yeah, check it. Check out patreon.com slash headcastnetwork. 
if you like what I'm doing. I'm still making some revisions, trying to fix it up, make it a little nicer, a little better for you guys. Uh, if you want to throw me a few bucks, it'll help out. Uh, moving on from there, next month, uh, we've got something special coming, hopefully. Uh, we're going to have a regular G.I. Joe episode. We're going to have our regular Head Speaks. But for both Task Force X and for this show here, the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, we're participating this year in JL May 2020. I played a promo earlier for it. Um, it's, yeah, just looking at the countdown to Infinite Crisis, I believe it was called. I'm probably messing that up at this point, but I'm part of the crossover. The uh, Task Force X podcast is going to look at the Villains United uh, miniseries, which led into the Secret Six. And over here on this show, we're going to be looking at Manhunter number, I think it's 14, of the, the second Manhunter book, not the one that we're currently looking at. That'd be silly. But pay attention to those and also the fourth week of the month the fourth Tuesday of the month I also have my Bravo team which should be out this week also check that out for something G.I. Joe related uh, this week or this month we're talking about uh, the upcoming G.I. Joe movies toy line and what we would do if we were in charge of G.I. Joe so me and the guys had a great time uh, my wife joined us for that one a little bit she was in the background but I had a fun time always have a fun time with the guys but that's going to do it for this episode of the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. Be here next month as we take a part of JL May 2020. And uh, I hope I'm not forgetting anything. It's been a while since I've actually done these shows, so I, I'm getting a little rusty. I've got back in the swing of things. Again, sorry for the delay. For more on that, uh, check out my Head Speaks episode 51. I talk a little bit about what happened and why I've been gone for six months. Hopefully it won't happen again, or not for a while, <laughs> but check it out um, that's going to do it for this time I guess until next month star hunters keep looking to the stars Thank you for listening to another great episode of the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. Please join us next month for another great, fantastic episode as we cover another issue of the Will Payton Starman series and the Mark Shaw Manhunter series. Uh, keep in mind that these podcasts are not affiliated or endorsed by DC Comics. I'm just a fanboy who loves these comics and wants to spread these love with everyone else out there and just talk about them. Um, again, you can email us at smah at headspeaks.com. Or you can go to our blog, which is at starman-manhunter.headspeaks.com. You can also go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash starman-manhunter-adventure-hour. No spaces, all one word. But once again, thank you very much for joining us. Until next episode, this is Aaron Moss saying, see you in the funny pages.